0: Hey guys, welcome to the first episode of this podcast. This is a brand new release on the channel and I think you're going to be really excited about this series. Um, This whole podcast series is going to be tailored mostly towards the entrepreneur. Um, The other videos on the channel are very nitty-gritty in the affiliate marketing space. They're focused on just what we're doing in affiliate marketing, some tips on how to make money online, how to build a business in our industry, which is running ads online primarily for other people. If you're not familiar with the affiliate industry, what the affiliate industry is all about is it's really all about running other people's products and getting paid for it. So for example, let's say you pick up a product. um, Let's just use something really kind of silly. Let's say you're promoting cat food on the internet. Well, with affiliate marketing you could basically get paid every time a sale is done for the cat food. And how you make money is you basically figure out how to run ads and get the cost of acquisition for yourself less than what you're getting paid for on the product. So let's just use a simple example. We got the cat food. Let's just say someone's willing to pay you $100 for this cat food. Well, how you're going to make money is if you're able to run ads on, let's say, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Google, YouTube, these different channels and you're able to get the cat food to sell for 70 bucks, okay? So you're getting paid $100 a sale. You're out there in the marketplace getting paid um, 100 obviously, from your client, but you're able to acquire for 70, and your profit is essentially the spread. You might say to yourself, okay, $30 spread, that's not too crazy, but then you start to do it at scale, and that's how you build a significant business in this kind of industry. So I'm not really here on this podcast to be convincing you to become a, an affiliate or really join this industry, but this it's important for you to know what we do so it all makes sense in terms of what we're teaching. So if you're stumbling across this podcast for the first time, my name's Peter Day. My brother's name is Tyler Day. We're the co-founders and the, we're the owners of Optimize to Convert, which is an internet marketing business and agency that's been around for about 11 or 12 years. We've been doing this for a long time, and we got our start when I was about 19 years old in college. My brother got started when he was even younger. He, My brother's three years younger, so I was 19 at the time when I got started, and then Tyler was probably 16 I'm 32 years old now, so even though we're both still pretty young, we have literally 12 years of experience behind our backs with this business. We also grew our business from the ground up. I remember literally how we got one of our first breakthroughs is we actually asked our mom for a loan. We started succeeding on running some ads on the internet, and we said, Mom, I think 2000 bucks would basically just make a huge difference here. And we convinced our mom to give us this check for two thousand bucks. We took that two thousand dollars, invested it into some of the ads we were running. We were able to basically turn the two thousand dollars into ten thousand dollars and eventually the ten thousand into um twenty and so on and and so forth. But then what's kind of incredible about the whole thing is that looking back on it. It's like, wow, we were able to start this thing off with like 2000 bucks to our name. And then 12 years later, we've now built a business without any outside capital. We've never brought on an outside investor. We've never gone around asking for money or raising um, capital in any way like that. But from the ground up... We were able to build a business that did $50 million last year, and this year we're pacing for well over $70 million. So this is a business that two kids basically built in college from the ground up and with persistence and learning and just education have figured out how to do this. So in this video, what I'm going to give you is a lot of different tips, and it doesn't matter if you're an affiliate marketer. It doesn't matter if you have your own business or if you're more real estate or brick and mortar, consulting. The whole point of this podcast, again, is to appeal toward a wider crowd. I love the affiliate marketing crowd. They're very passionate people. They're awesome people. In fact, the industry and the community in the industry is really the best thing I've seen in in a business industry. It's just people wanting to help each other. And it's a really cool dynamic because you could be at a conference with essentially, um, your competitors. But what's funny is that everyone's networking, everyone's talking about, you know, what they're promoting, what they're doing, what the next best thing is. And that's what I love about it. So whether you're in our industry or not, what we're going to teach in this whole podcast series is going to be focused towards just making sure that you're the best entrepreneur that you can possibly be. I mean, think about it, if you're a leader, in your company, your company is going to be as successful as the leadership is. If the leaders garbage the company is going to be garbage and we've seen this over and over again. I mean why do people usually quit a job? If you look at the statistics most people quit their job because they don't like their boss. It's not even always about the job, it's not even about the paycheck sometimes, it's not even about the company sometimes. If you actually look into the nitty-gritty of it, most people, if you ask them, why do you want to quit your job or why did you leave? It was some guy in the company that was above them. He's some jerk, you know, not treating them properly, not giving them flexibility. It's usually been a person that's influenced them leaving. So you need to think to yourself, as a leader, you need to make sure that you're not that negative type of person you really have to do some self-reflecting and such and sometimes it you have to get to a little bit of a humble position where you're saying you know maybe I'm not actually that perfect after all and maybe I do need to make some changes I mean I remember you know there's been many times in my business where sometimes I've said something let's say to an employee and I'm like you know what it's just like, that's just not the right thing to do. It's like we got to be, you don't want to be that leader that's turning off people. So what I've been very focused on in my business is just making sure that that I'm the best leader that I can be and that I'm also building up the best leaders under me that can be as well. Because think about it, you're only gonna grow as strong and big as the leadership is growing, and the last thing you want in your business is turnover. I mean, think about how difficult it is sometimes to find that um, perfect employee, let's say, in your business, or that perfect salesperson, or that you know, that media buyer, or that um, you know, chief operating officer, that tech person, whatever it is in your business or industry. Sometimes it's actually been so challenging to find that perfect hire that perfect employee the last thing you want to do is to have that superstar on your team and then they want to quit because they think you're a jerk or you're not sensitive you're not hearing them or you're not giving them the freedom they want or this and that and sometimes as leaders it's it's easy to be blaming the other person like oh my goodness i hired this guy mark and he just wants more money and he wants all this stuff and you know, he doesn't get it. And it's like, sometimes you need to think to yourself, is the issue really the employee or is the issue somehow actually the leadership? There should really be no excuse for someone quitting your business over the leadership. So make sure as a leader that you're obviously leading by example and and you're just really sensitive to your people. I mean, that's something I'm very acute of as well. Like sometimes even if you're on the phone, let's say with one of your leaders under you or someone in your company and you just sense there's a little hesitancy in their tone of voice or you just sense that they're not quite the same energy as they used to be. You might want to just ask like, "Hey, Susan, for example, you know, I just feel like you're kind of a little down this week like what's up like what are your thoughts what do you think we're we could be doing something better or just what what are your thoughts here and just try to get the opinions sometimes of your team because it's really it's a team effort I mean and and that's what I've realized too in our business is that there's absolutely no way that I could have done what we've done alone it's it's been a team effort and you need to surround yourself with a team, and you need to be willing to listen to that team. And sometimes it might not always be what you want to hear from your team. I mean, sometimes I've gotten on a call with different people on my team, and sometimes they've just had kind of weird opinions of things. And I'm like, man, I don't even know if I agree with this. I don't even know if, if this even makes sense to me, but, but this is how they're feeling and what you need to, you need to be kind really you need to take seriously what your team is feeling i'm telling you sometimes you might get on the call like i said with someone on your team and they're just articulating something and you're just like man this is just stupid i mean come on like why are they complaining about this but what you got to realize is that if someone's coming to you and they're voicing an opinion even though that might sound dumb to you, that opinion is real to them. And it's just important to work through those things. I mean, I had a situation one time where I had a salesperson, and the salesperson was just actually very threatened that there was another salesperson in the company. Like, they were very threatened by the fact that there was an additional salesperson in in our company. And it, it was being viewed as competition. It was being viewed as a setback. It was being viewed as something negative. And it's like... What we realized is that, although we didn't quite see it that way, that was the reality for them, right? And it's like, you need to put yourself in their shoes and say, okay, okay, I kind of get where they're coming from. Like, if they're trying to do their sales, and then we have a second salesperson, and a third salesperson, and a fourth one, and a fifth one, I, I could see how there's there's maybe some kind of competition happening here. And then it's like, okay, so, all right, this is interesting, you know? And and then what we've been able to do as a company is we've been able to take some of this advice. Like, okay, we have a salesperson, but then they they do bring up this good point where if you have a second salesperson and a third salesperson, they're all trying to fish in the same pond. It's like, okay, well, how do you create a organization where everyone's just not competing with each other? So, We've come up with a recent idea where we're thinking of actually bringing on a new salesperson this fall, and we've had a conversation with them. And what we're actually contemplating here is bringing them on board, but instead of them getting um, a commission on their own personal book of business, we're just considering giving them a commission and a bonus when the entire company does well. So it's small tweaks like that. Do you see how that changes things? Instead of the salesperson being all, you know, put off and all um, feeling like they're competing with their own company, it's like a small adjustment like that in compensation plan and structure could have your sales team actually operate and collaborate as a team instead of competitors with one another. And By the way, I would have never thought of that idea, and I would never have even thought that through if I had not gotten on that call and really listened to that team member and listened, like, why were they unhappy? What did they not like about it? Why were they feel kind of threatened? Why why did they want to leave, right? And we're able to work through those kinks so it goes back to the, the just the classic 101s of leadership is you have to be a good listener. You have to be listening more than you're talking. I think sometimes leaders, they're trying to just always prop themselves up and just appear like the big guy at all times. And the best leaders that that I know are the leaders that are listening more than they're talking. You want to be the person where you're not just talking all the time, because if you're talking all the time, then the other people don't have a chance to voice their opinion. You want to be the person that's listening, and then maybe you're a little slower to speak, but when you do have something to say, it's really good, right? That's the type of leader that you want to be. So. Um, I'm going to jump into a few practical tips too in this podcast. I I believe it's just really important that in your business life you have an undisturbed place to work. I mean, this might sound kind of simple, but if you're married or you have kids or you have roommates or you're dating, whatever your circumstance is, you really need a place that is quiet, that is undisturbed, where you can really have the freedom um, to focus on your business. I mean, I can tell you that. I've had that in my life, but I mean, let's just put it this way. I've sometimes not had that and it's been like, oh my goodness, like how does people even work if they don't have that kind of undivided attention? I mean, today was kind of a little bit of a hectic example. We had a little bit of an emergency with our pet. Louis. he had to be taken to the vet at 10 in the morning, and I was the only one that could take him because the wife had to watch the kids, this whole thing. So basically, I had to spend my entire day today working out of the veterinarian's office, Um and it was a little bit of a taste of, like, distracted work, right? And it got me thinking, it's like, what's kind of scary is there's actually people out there that are habitually on a daily basis, working in a distracted way, like whether they're sitting on the couch and they have their TV on or something. I mean, that's just distracting. I'm not going to be sympathetic about that at all. Like, How do you possibly think you're going to really focus on your work, have those creative energies and juices flowing, and then in the background, you just have this TV going. I mean, it's just literally, that's a huge distraction. I would get rid of that and just focus, focus on your work. There's also people that it's just a really distracted environment like they they have a a desk, but but the kids are just literally directly in the other room. They could hear them making noise and they got a baby screaming. I mean, you have to have a a quiet office and undivided attention. It's just a practical tip. And if you're not able to find that, I highly recommend just getting an external office. I remember my brother um, for many years when he was working out of um, Charleston, South Carolina, where he used to live. He's in California now. But when he was in South Carolina, one of the smartest moves he made was he he was just renting an an external office. He just got an office space where he would, you know, take that 15-minute commute to his own office. It was perfectly silent, no distractions, and I know he was able to hunker down and get a serious amount of work done there. And um, that's always resonated really closely with me is having that that focus. And I mean, especially after a day like today where I kind of tasted the lack of focus for a little bit, I mean, it was basically a completely... It was almost a flop of a day. I mean, it was like I had... uh, Almost funny, actually. I went to the vet veterinarian office, and I bring with me my computer. I bring, like, my headphones. I bring an extension cord in case these things run out of battery. I bring my cell phone. It was almost like I just set up shop in the vet's office. I'm like, they must have been so, like, upset at me, too. Like, I'm literally in the vet's office, trying to do this appointment and the vet lady's talking to me and I'm like on the computer and I got my extension cord plugged into the wall in the patient room and I'm just like full-blown working I'm like what am I supposed I mean guys like come on I mean it's a Tuesday like it's we got business to handle and it's like you know but it, it just got me thinking. I'm like, oh my goodness. Could you imagine if I actually had to like deal with that type of environment? It doesn't have to be a vet office, but imagine you're trying to work and there's just some, you know, there's noise in your house. Like what if you have an office, but your office is just right next to the kitchen and you can constantly, I actually used to have that at my old house in Connecticut. The office was just kind of close to the kitchen. And just the fact, that it was close to the kitchen was like a big distraction. Like whenever people came over, guests came over, whenever kids came over, like friends of the kids. Um, Kid, I only had one at the time, but it was just when anybody came over, I could hear them from the office that was connected to the kitchen. It was a huge um, distraction. It probably actually messed up my productivity about like... I probably got like a one or two percent like decrease in like productivity with like little distractions throughout the day. So these things matter a lot. I mean, think about it. If you're in a distracted environment for work, you might not realize that, but that could be affecting your ROI. That could be affecting your income. That could be literally affecting your productivity by like ten to twenty-five percent or more, or something. Um, just being habitually distracted and not on the ball um, throughout the day. So what I also recommend doing is finding the time of day that you're most focused. I mean, for me, I've been mostly focused at nights. I mean, it's been kind of uh, interesting, but literally, I've been most sharp and most on my game between 8 p.m. and like midnight. That's when I've just been like, the sharpest and the mo- i mean even right now I'm making this podcast here. It's eleven p m at night i mean this is this is when I'm pumped up this is when I'm on my game, so it's not like I'm not pumped up on the other hours, but it's just i i just know personally that from about eight p m to midnight is just a really really solid time um for me it's where I've gotten a lot of very productive work i think that What's probably really been happening in those hours is those hours are probably completely undivided attention in those hours, and that's probably what's been happening because if you th- if you think about it, you know what's been happening throughout the day is you're working, but then you're still thinking in the back of your head, oh, you know, I gotta help with the kids at seven or this or that, right? There's this but when everyone goes to bed, it's eight o'clock. 9 o'clock, midnight, it's like, okay, this is a time where nothing's going to come up. There's not going to be any interruptions. There's not going to be even a thought of having to do anything else. And for me, that's been a really good time. My creativity, my ideas, sometimes I've just been able to hunker down in those four hours between like 8 p.m. and midnight and just bust out like what someone else would just complete in like an entire workday, pretty much. Um... So, I recommend that you find time where you're just super on your game. I mean, for some people, it's the morning. Some guys are up at like 5 or 6 in the morning, and they're just like on their game at 6 in the morning, you know, 5 in the morning. They just have that that morning where they just crush it. Some guys, is maybe in the middle of the day, but find that time where you're most focused, and, you know, focus on that time as a a special time where you just get a lot done. Um, Another recommendation just practically in business is I really recommend scheduling in time for activities that are important to you. I mean, if you really know that... Because a lot of it boils down to how you feel. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I think it wasn't yesterday. It was the day before. It was like Sunday. I was just having a really bad day. I'm I'm not going to lie. I was having a really bad day. I think I was stressed out. I There was a lot... I needed to, like, kind of watch the kids all day. It was a very... It was stressful for me. I didn't get much of, like, a break. I didn't get much, like, me time or alone time. It was, like, just... We also have, like, a one-year-old. There was a lot of, like, chasing the baby around the house. It was, like, okay, like... But what's really important is just scheduling time to do things you like. I mean, whether you're into going to the gym, lifting weights, bike riding, hiking, swimming, recreational things, hobbies, guitar, music. I mean, whatever you're into, it's really important to just schedule time to do those things. Like, looking back on it, if I had taken that Sunday that was kind of like a crappy day, if if I had taken that day and I had just literally scheduled like one or 2 hours where I just like hit the gym, got on the mountain bike, went on a run, did something, it probably would have actually been a pretty good day after all. Sometimes you have to just schedule these things out, especially if it's a busy work week. Um, You're just going to go absolutely nuts because here's the thing. The more successful your business gets, the more busy it's going to get in your business. Whether you're doing all of the work or not, your business is just going to get very busy. I mean, my business has gotten to the point at this point where I physically can't deal with everything. I mean, I have a team of like 20 people. We're growing. I'm sure we'll have more than that. Perhaps even this year or or next year. And, and it's it's at the point where I, I personally can't even deal with anything. I mean, stuff has just been like flying in. I mean, we work with over 500 clients. so there's a lot of clients that need to be managed we already have client success team teams different teams that handle clients deal with inquiries from clients different things that have come up but um, even with that it's I, I do want to give a little bit of a warning I mean the more successful your business gets the more busy things you're gonna get and there's only 12 hours in a day um, maybe 14 or 15 to work um, you know and that's if you're pretty much just like, only working and not doing anything else so what you're gonna have to do is you're gonna have to schedule time in your calendar to do these kind of activities that you really like to do i mean because you're only going to be as productive as you are focused and it's it's just so important it's not only about the you know the business it's it's about having a good clear mind, being focused, like not being tired. Think about how important sleep is too. I mean, you know, I'm sure you can relate, but if you have a really bad sleep one night and you're just tired, you might have an entire bad day of business the next day. So what you're going to realize in business is that it's a game, not just of the mathematics and it's not just the It's not just the business models, it's not just the structures, it's not just the ads if you're in affiliate marketing, it's not just the real estate. If you're into real estate, it's this whole entire well-being that is behind it. If you're just constantly tired and not getting much sleep, you might just make like 40% less money than you're even capable of making just because every day you're just having kind of like a crappy day. You're having, like, an unproductive morning. You're having to, like, constantly sip coffee to stay awake. I mean, it's just, like, that could be affecting your ROI. That could be affecting your ability to to even go the extra mile. I mean, think about it. Are you really going to put in that extra hour of work or that extra 30 minutes of cold calling or whatever it is if you're just tired and you feel like crap, right? So it's really important to be on your game both business wise but this whole kind of well-being side of things is really just as important if not more important than the actual business part of things so that's the kind of stuff we're going to talk about on this podcast is just not only getting better as an entrepreneur not only getting better at business but just getting better at just being in a healthy lifestyle you know and this goes to everything like don't Don't be getting drunk every night and then actually expect to have a good business the next day. I'm going to be honest, you know. You might be able to pull it off for a period of time, but it's probably not sustainable. Some other things too is just eat healthy, drink a lot of water throughout the day. Again, you have to think of this like a marathon, right? Right? Building a business, it's not just a sprint where you do the... um, you know, the 100-yard dash and it's over with. Is really a marathon. You're going to have to sustain your business for a long period of time. I mean, there's a statistic out there that everybody quotes. 90% of all businesses fail in the first 10 years, okay? And I think part of this is that people are not always viewing their business as a marathon. They're maybe viewing it as a a sprint or something that they're going to make money with quick or some kind of little hobby or something but if you start thinking to yourself like okay I'm building a business and I want this business to actually be around 20 years from now 40 50 plus years from now you're going to be thinking about things a little bit differently okay and it's not only about how hard you work but it's about how smart you work and we're going to be talking about this a lot in future com in podcasts because this is something that is really That I'm working on is I've gotten to the point where I've just realized that there is absolutely, there's only so many hours in the day and just putting in extra hours isn't, at this point, really going to make me any more money. I mean, it's just not. I've already been working pretty long and hard and you know it's i remember when i first started doing this business stuff like 10 years ago i was working full time on the weekends it was a big step for me to even start taking the weekends off i've been a really hard worker so but working smart is really really important so we're going to be doing a lot of podcast series specifically just on how to work smarter rather than harder and just um focusing on profit producing activities and um I'm going to touch on that a little bit and then what we're going to do is we're going to wrap up this podcast and we're going to leave off um, in the next podcast, with just some of these segments. So I do want to talk a little bit to the entrepreneur that is kind of like jumping around from thing to thing. I mean, I've seen this a lot with entrepreneurs. It's like it's like this shiny object entrepreneurialism. I get phone call. I've been getting phone calls all the time from people with like these little opportunities like hey peter i have the best thing you know great news i get a text i literally got a text today from this guy he's like great news like all caps i figured out the model and i'm like oh no like what's this you know and it's like it's just it's just this guy and he thinks he has like the next best thing and it's like it, it, what's running through my mind is like the odds of this thing even working for this guy is like close to zero and what's scary is that he in his world thinks that this is the next best thing and it's just like man people are just on a pipe dream in, in some of in in business sometimes some people and it's like What's really important is just to stay laser focused on what actually produces a profit. You have to think to yourself, like, what makes money? What what is going to realistically make a profit? And focus on that. I mean, there's a saying in the Bible that um, I forget what it is, but there's a proverb, and it says that it's like the wealth is gained little by little little by little and it's kind of counterintuitive because you don't always think of these things like, like why would the wealth be accumulated little by little you would think that maybe it's accumulated you know massively by massively but it's like no it's accumulated little by little it's like these little actions that you do every single day and consistency over a long period of time. It's kind of like Warren Buffett, right? Warren Buffett has been at this stuff in his industry, the investing world, for like 80 plus years. And he's been consistently growing his businesses little by little by little by little Every single week, day, year with consistency, focusing on what's producing a profit, focusing on what's making money, not jumping from one opportunity to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. Just consistency and focusing on profit-producing activities. I remember when I first started doing this business stuff, I remember, and I'm thankful that I... Stumbled across this. I remember there was a training. um, There was a training that I was listening to, like just one or two years in to my whole entrepreneurial journey. And the training said that you have to focus on profit-producing activities. Literally, the guy was training. He's like, like, this is the secret to business. You have to always be focusing on what makes a profit. And if there's any activity that doesn't make a profit, you got to get rid of it, or you got to just have someone else do it that's not you, because you don't want to be sitting around just doing like non-profit producing activities. So what's interesting is I kind of took that to heart, and what, how I've been conducting my day is I've basically been jumping from profit producing activity to profit-producing activity. I've literally been thinking about, okay, like what's a profit-producing activity? A profit-producing activity in my industry is coming up with like a brand-new vertical to run, brand-new sector of the market to run. Okay, maybe that's a profit-producing activity, like figuring out what that is. And then what's the next profit-producing activity? It's figuring out what offers to get for that. And then what's the next profit-producing activity? Okay, the next one is to start testing it with like one media buyer on my team, one team member. What's the next profit-producing activity? The next profit-producing activity is maybe to figure out like what Facebook accounts or Google accounts I'm even going to run these things on. You know, are they going to be my normal accounts? Are they going to be these different accounts? Are they going to be from a different provider, a different agency? Like where am I going to run them? How am I going to run them? And then the next profit-producing activity is how am I going to get a pay raise on the offer? The next profit-producing activity is, okay, now that it's working with one teammate... Can we get this succeeding with like two teammates? And then what's the next profit-producing activity? And that's that's what builds a compounding business is just constantly throughout the day focusing only on activities that produce a profit. If some task comes up on your desk that doesn't make a profit, you have to figure out how to outsource it. And this is something I'm working on in my life too because sometimes I've had very aimless things come on my desk that don't, do not produce a profit. I mean, I... I'm embarrassed to say it, but literally two Fridays ago, I found myself at 10 p.m. on a Friday night paying bills for easy pass and tolls and water bills and sewage bills. And I'm like, oh my goodness, like I am going against even my own teaching here. Like it's 10 p.m. on a Friday night and I am doing non-profit producing activities. Like th- these don't these activities don't make any money. Zero. Me paying the bills doesn't make me any money. And I'm like what I need to figure out in my life is how to get other people doing these kind of non-profit producing activities and when you start to think about this you're like oh my goodness you like like peter's on to something it's like how much time do you waste with stupid stuff i mean let's just be honest like now i'm talking about things just outside of the business world it's like let's say you have to get an oil change that doesn't make you any money all it does is waste an hour of your day and what I'm starting to figure out in my business is like, oh my goodness, I need people to start doing all of these different things in my life. Like, I think I need to get someone to do my oil changes for me. I think I need to get somebody to pay my bills for me. If I need to, I, I need to get them power of attorney form or privilege. Like, we need, we need to start thinking higher level in our businesses and this is what I encourage you to do is really think to yourself throughout the day are these activities making me a profit or am I doing these activities just because I don't know how to outsource this outsourcing is possible and you can outsource anything it just takes some thinking outside the box I mean let's just be completely honest I'm actually excited to give this a try. I have a, um, I have a young guy, young kid is the best way to describe it. He mows the grass, does landscaping stuff. He's kind of like, you know, best way to describe it is like the property manager, kind of hire. And what I'm thinking to myself is like, you know what? Next time my car needs an oil change, I'm going to have him do my oil change. He only charges 20 bucks an hour. I'll give him my keys. I'll say, go down to the place, get the oil change. Here's the money for it, and bring the car back with the oil change. And then guess what? I'm going to be doing while he's doing the oil change. I'm going to be sitting behind the computer and I'm going to be making more money. While he, do you see? Now you start to realize, like, oh my goodness, there is so much to this business stuff. And it's not just all on the surface. It's like this underlying stuff. It's like you need to optimize every part of your lifestyle. It's not just about coming up with the right ads to run on the internet. It's not about just finding the right product to promote. It's like you need to be the most productive you possibly can in every single aspect of things. And you need to think to yourself, like, what am I doing throughout the day that's wasting time? What am I doing that's not profit producing? I'm telling you, once you start thinking about this, you're going to be just constantly convicted at first. You're going to be like, oh my goodness, I found myself going to like Walmart and like I was there for like three hours and I was like shopping for this and this. And it's like I could have been just making money and I could have just been doing my business, but instead I was like just. I, I I was just wasting my time like going to this Costco and it's like but then you start to think to yourself like okay maybe there's a better way to do this like maybe if you have to go to Costco and there's all these like chores on your to-do list maybe you can find an assistant maybe you can find a personal assistant in your personal life that you pay maybe you pay them 20 bucks an hour okay you pay the person 20 bucks an hour you give them the list of of what you need from costco what you need done pay for their gas you know pay their hourly rate and 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 give them the list and be like okay go to costco buy all these things here's gas money and then what's this really going to cost you i mean let's say the person commutes there shops for two hours comes back let's let's just pretend it's four hours of time at 20 bucks an hour, you pay this person 80 bucks. Do you know how much more money you can make in your business if you just sit down for those take those same 4 hours, sit behind the computer and figure out a brand new thing to promote on the internet. Think of think about a brand new angle for the ads. Think about a brand new you know traffic source that you can run your successful campaign on. Do you know how much more than 80 bucks you can make if you actually spent those 4 hours productively? And This is something I'm learning in my business. It's the next step that I'm making in my life is just starting to outsource things in in my personal life. I'm just starting to realize I can't be running around doing the oil changes, the Costco, the lawn mowing, the this. It's like there's much, much greater things to be doing and important things to be doing. So guys, I hope that this podcast was super helpful. I'm excited about this podcast. If you liked this podcast... Do me a big favor and do two things. Subscribe to the channel by pressing the button. When you subscribe, you're going to get notified when all the new ones come out. Subscribe to the podcast, like the podcast, and then do me a favor, share this with at least one or two people you know. Send, send this link, this the link to this video. Share it. Share it with like your business partner. Share it with a friend. In business, share it with another entrepreneur. Share this around. Let's start getting a lot of traction on this channel because I believe we have a lot to share, a lot of good insight. But it's just kind of been a hidden gem. So guys, share this so it's no longer a hidden gem, but it just gets hundreds and hundreds of thousands, if not more, subscribers or viewers. So guys, this is Peter Day. I'm checking out, and we'll talk soon. All right, bye.